G'day guys, Jay here with another episode of Pesty Profiles, the podcast where we put the spotlight on the best in the pest business. And joining me once again as my lovely co-host, not only the president of the Professional Women in Australian Pest Management, but also my luscious wife, the Nikki Turner. How are you, darling? <laughs> I'm, I'm good and still annoyed at you from the previous podcast. I've still got more bones to pick. Why? You gave me literally nine minutes to eat lunch and I forgot my lunch, so I've Uber eat. Eat lunch. I've had Mexican. It's too spicy. Now I've got the sniffles, and it's. <laughs> I'm. I don't have COVID. Um, I'm just trying to um, get okay. over the, the jalapenos and the the hot salsa. I'm watching. Oh. I'm seeing you belching. You're sort of hiccuping. Oh, yes, I am. So, um, not that you care. <laughs> you didn't give me time for lunch, but um. Shut up, you! I haven't introduced you yet. Yeah. You've got to be quiet. I'm actually. I'm looking forward to. Um, I am looking. I say that most of the time. I'm looking forward to this one because one of them actually agrees with me in regards to your um, podcast music. At least we've changed that. Yeah, but what? Do you, all right. Well, let's not get into that. I'm going to introduce them first. <laughs> yeah. The busting them actually yeah. uh, speak here. Okay. So joining us both today as our pest profile ease, uh, and I use the word plural because we've got Trent and Tristan Chapman from local pest experts, Mid North Coast, New South Wales. How are you guys? Good morning. You can speak Thanks, now. Thanks, <laughs> we, we couldn't yeah, shut him up try, before. I was, just, I was just trying to say, I was like, she's sniffly nose and still luscious. It must be pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we won't go there. <laughs> I, I can see this podcast being a train wreck already. <laughs> yeah. We'll do what we can. Oh, God. Um, so you guys are brothers, obviously. We are, mate, yeah. Yep. So, all right, first thing... This is going to be difficult. We won't know who's going to talk. Yeah. We'll just have to talk over the top of each other. Oh, yeah, because one of you's been um, pushed out of the office, hey? <laughs> That's right. Well, Tristan, Tristan hides from the office as much as he can anyway, so it's no different for him. Okay, so first <laughs> question's first. Who's the older brother here? Trent, that would be me, yeah. That'd be you. So, hang on. So, how come you can grow facial hair, Tristan? <laughs> <laughs> uh, to give Trent never never will have I reckon oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. don't, call I, him I, ba- don't call him baby face Trent for no reason yes, I leveraged <laughs> it as much as I could in um, Movember or no Movember as I tend to call it uh, alright let's get into it okay so now I keep banging on about with pest control you're either born into it or you fall into pest control now, you two were definitely born into it. So give us a bit of a background outline of your story. We were, mate. Um, Trent, you happy for me to tell this one? Yeah, yeah. I'll tell those yes, yeah. Um, so our uh, dad started in pest control way back when. I couldn't even exactly tell you when. Probably around the time Tristan was born, sort of 96, 97. Um, he was pumping gas at a petrol station and ended up in... in the passenger seat with a, a bloke doing some pest control. From there, jumped over to APC in Coffs, or Melbourne Pest Control, as it was called, in Coffs. Um, and then I think done four or five years there before we moved to Tari and opened the Melbourne uh, branch here. Um, done that for, what, 18 years? I think I got I got officially involved in 2008, um, probably unofficially involved in 2000 as cheap labour. Um, <laughs> Sounds like a silly podcast. Think, yeah. This is why we I have think, kids, but um, 
Yeah, that's right. That's it. Tristan's already working on that for us, thankfully. We've only got well, probably another 14 years until we've got some cheap labour come through. Um, <laughs> I think Tristan got officially involved in about 2011. Um, yeah. Uh, around, oh, obviously, the, the rest is history with APC. 2016, they sold. Um, we exited as a, as a member of that and opened up as local pest experts and been loving it ever since. Yeah, okay. That's a look, because how old are you, um, Trent? That's rude to ask. I can ask that. Um, yeah, yeah, that's all right. I'm 28 and still can't grow a beard. Um, <laughs> just, <laughs> I, I think that puts Tristan at 25. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty impressive to be 28 and 25 and be, you know, co owners of a you know, very successful um, pest business. Um, with how many employees you guys got? Mate, no, 14. 14, yeah. You yeah, asked yeah. my question. I, will, I, was just, I, was, <laughs> I was just asking how big the actual company was. Yeah, I can I see think, how this, actually... this podcast is going to go because he actually knows you, Trent. He normally takes over the podcast. He does that sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, so I'm not going to let you do that I've this noticed. time. <laughs> okay, so just, just give the listeners a little bit of background. Um Trent is also a subcontract trainer for Rapid Training, so I have a fair bit to do with Trent um, Yeah, for a little while now. Yep, so yeah, so you, you think you're going to take over the podcast? <laughs> no, no, no. You can ask the next question. Yeah. No, I imagine it being like a, a normal phone call where I ring Jay for a five-second answer and I'm up on the phone for two hours. <laughs> yeah, I'm used to that. And I'm always like, who are you talking to? Okay, Trent. Ah, it's Trent again. <laughs> I'm used to it. <laughs> Um, now I don't know much about your business, um, Trent and Tristan. So can you tell 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 us a bit more about the business itself? What work? What type of work do you do, and yeah, the services yeah. you That's offer? Fine. You want me to do that again, Tristan? I'll jump in. Yeah, yeah, good <laughs> job. Uh, um, so we're, I think I was wrong. I think we might have fifteen staff on now since yesterday. We put another admin on, um, but we do general pet like domestic uh commercial termites in domestic structures um we do tons and tons of commercial and pre-construction so there's not much uh, we do bird work but that's more of a live job um of mine tristan does some commercial shooting but i think we're sort of we're one of those regional pest businesses where you don't get away with being a niche business you have to do everything and, and anything to support the customer and um, keep the customer happy. Um, we've obviously established as LPA in 2016 and been crushing it ever since. We seem to be um, growing at an increasingly good rate, which is nice. Um, really, really good team on board now. Um, we're rapidly outgrowing our youth in our office, as you do, but just clamouring to hold on. How big is your office? Um, not big enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'd probably say about 120 square metres. We got a lot of dead space, nice big open front entryway. Um, it, it's quite a nice vibe when you walk in the farm. Um, but as soon as you get out the back, it's it's um nowhere near enough space. So, so an offsite shed, an offsite shed as well. But it's the same thing. I'm actually between houses, so it's mostly full of my furniture. Same for ATA. You're between houses. You're living on the street, Trent. I am, mate, yeah, I stuck at home with the in-laws. Um, well, hang on. So, sure. so did you inherit that building um, from your parents, so to speak? 
Correct. No, it was it was it was their office before ours. Yeah. Okay, so, so it was the amalgamated pest um, control base. Um, correct. They they moved uh, the business into here in 2010. Yeah, uh, I know that because it was the year I finished school. Um, <clears throat> so we moved in here 2010 after what, 12 years or 13 years running it from home. Yeah. Um, and it, it was a world of difference. I know it made a world of difference in mum and dad's sort of headspace at least to get get that separation between work and home. Um, for me, all it means is you just about live in the office is all. But <laughs> that doesn't matter. It's all fun and games. Gives me somewhere to hide from the missus. <laughs> yeah, I know about that. <laughs> you, he, he, well, we just spoke about this. He can't hide. I've got him on my phone. I know where he is at all yeah. times. But I've taken me yeah. off his phone. He doesn't know where I am. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, it doesn't work that well for me anyway because one thing I haven't mentioned is that my wife's business as well. Um, she's worked in here since 2017 or something like that, 2018. So usually if I'm in here, she's in here anyway. As long as it's after 8.30, 9 o'clock, she's not a morning person. But, um, she doesn't want to stand back the extra hours if she needs to. So, um, well, I'm going to ask Tristan this one so he can actually talk, yeah. and I'd like to listen to him talk. Obviously, being a very family-run business, how do you make that work? Uh, I guess I've grown up uh, pretty much doing whatever Trent says. Um, <laughs> otherwise, I, 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 otherwise, I'd get bullied. I was, um, I was about and, to ask you how and, are decisions made, but probably from Trent. <laughs> yeah, but. But now I can't go and run to mum and dad. Um, I, I've got no choice but to 100% say, yeah, okay, um, <laughs> let's do what we say. But no, we've got a, we've got a pretty good understanding and we're, we've both got the same direction that we want to go to. And our work ethic um, that we both show, it's just like if there's something that needs to go and we both just do it no matter what. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the, I think I think the, any, the biggest key is we've both got the same direction. We want to head in um, and that we know, we know exactly what we need to do to get it done. Yeah. I mean, because, like, I uh, wish no ill health or ill harm on my brother. Um, I just because, thought the same thing, actually, yeah, as you there. <laughs> because he's, cause he's family. Um, but I'd reckon if I had to work with my brother, I'd stab him. Simple as that. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> we, we, we do have another brother. And oh. There's no way that that dynamic no could work at all. <laughs> The other brother. <laughs> yeah. Sounds a bit like, um, what's the, the brothers in Byron Bay? Liam and um, Hemsworth, the Hemsworth oh. brothers, and they've got another brother. <laughs> they've got another brother, yeah, but he's not no as good as them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, Nathan's the, um, the elitist, I suppose. He's done his PhD in geology. He's a very, very smart guy, but incredibly difficult to get along with. Uh, yeah, I did actually follow a post on Facebook one time. You two were, you two were having a bit of a banter, and I'm going, "Who is this knob?" And then I'm going, "Oh, it's Trent's brother." Oh, that's, oh, that's Trent. So there's no arguments then with um, finances. Like, how do you work out like with splitting up finances, and how, how do you work all yeah, that I out? Think, I think um, we just probably going back to what Tristan said. We we sat down and we, and we still do it every two weeks. We we set out one hour um, a fortnight that we sit down think strategically and assess our business plan what we want um, so that we can make sure we're working in the same direction um, Tristan's really good at, at vehicles equipment and um, technicians vision 
Um, so I take on more of the business management stuff. So we don't really jump on each other's toes around that space, which is very good. Um, but as far as finances go, we basically um, draw a salary, uh, sort of run it almost like a, a um uh, publicly listed business, right? So yep, we, yep. we both own we both own shares in it. We both take a salary for the work we do. In the event the business does well, we get um, paid dividends based on the shareholding. Oh, well, darling, good. can you imagine living off a salary? Who me? Yeah, <laughs> I kind of do. Yeah. <laughs> what are you saying? Yeah. Yeah. What are you and trying to tell me? <laughs> so I, I think it's well, we're pretty good at, at keeping our salary as low as possibly as we possibly can. Yep. Um, you know, we're, we're in a growth stage. We've got a long, long career to go. So we make sure we keep it as low as we can get away with, um, pay dividends and then buy utes. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, uh, has it ever come to, you know, Tristan goes to Trent and go, oh, I'm due for a new ute now. I want a new ute. And, and then Trent goes, no, no, you got the last new ute. It's my turn now. Or, that's what we say to each other. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we're married. <laughs> Tristan, do you want to answer this one? I'm still trying to work on my pitch. So I've, <laughs> I've probably got another year or two in my ute, and um, I'm trying to work on my pitch for a Land Cruiser, but I don't know how that's going to go down. If I want it in two years, I've got to order it now. So who's got the better ute at the moment? <laughs> Yeah. Are you yeah. trying to cause arguments yeah. between these two? Oh, this, this is my goal for this whole podcast. Yeah, I'm not a car person. I don't really care about the car. I guess just for me to be comfortable. I'd prefer lots of tech inside it so it makes my working life easier. Um, but Tristan's just had trouble after trouble with his so it's about time it goes. But I think in the last two years, every week it's been oh, I've ordered my cruiser this week. And I think it's just <laughs> one of those soft jokes to see how I react <laughs> before he goes and does it. Um, and so when you go through receipts, is there ever a moment that you go, Tristan, what the hell is this? What have you bought? Or Trent, what the hell is this? What have you bought? Did I give you permission to buy lots. this? Yeah, lots lots and lots of that. But we're, we're pretty good. Again, we try to look at it as an employed position, so we try not to take too much advantage of that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't make perfect tax sense, but I mean, when you're dealing with a, a family business and someone else's finance, it makes a lot of sense to be cautious so that you don't stretch that relationship. Yeah. And now, uh, all right, awesome. Hey, um, what is each of your strengths? So you've already mentioned it, sort of. Mm. Uh, well, I, I'll, I'll jump in and explain Tristan's, I guess. Really, really good technician. Um, really strong work ethic and uh, incredible at their equipment and their, what I'd call the boring stuff that I don't really like to do, um, ordering equipment. He's sort of that ops manager, I guess. So orders the, orders the equipment, buys new stuff, fiddles with stuff, cleans the shed, makes sure everything's in order, takes care of the boys, answers their questions. Um and uh, he's obviously got a superior ability over that stuff because if it's up to even my year, I looked at it today, it's a thousand Ks overdue for a service. <laughs> um, and it's, uh, I've only got my own to take care of. Tristan's got what, 10, nine or 10 years to just sort of keep a hold of. So he manages to do it really well, which is good. I want to know, Trent, um, how come you star in all the videos? <laughs> I'll answer this one. 
I'll answer this one. No, it's more it's more of a dig on me. I've got a head for radio. For a head for radio. <laughs> no one wants to see me on camera. I'm telling you now. That's not where I expected it to go. <laughs> no, it's more key. It looks like Sam Burgess. Um, so we're, we're, we go. Oh, we got a um, we got a footy player um, as our as our video guy. So it makes us look really good. Yeah, I mean, I mean, so, Trent does work every morning on those guns to show in each of those videos. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like our service manager. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, hang on. Did we finish that question there? So we've we've spoke about what Tristan's strengths are. Um, what's your strength, Trent? Did you mention oh, that? Mate, I just I mean, videos. I just, um, I good love, looks. I love, <laughs> I love pest control. I love business. I love training. So it's sort of everything and anything that smalls in fits in the small business pest control. I guess. I mean, it's one of those things that you grow up in your life pest control, so you get as good as you can at that. Um, and then you sort of get into that position where, oh, crap, I can't just bear pesty anymore. Um, I've got, you know, uh, what have we got, 10 or 11 households to feed. Um, I better get pretty smart at business. And so I have a fair passion for business in itself. Spend a lot of time reading books about that sort of stuff. So you know, I generally keep the... the um, ship on course there, um, always innovating and changing things. I think I've changed two or three processes just today, um, little nips here and there that just keep the, the ship sailing smoothly. Um, I'd say that's probably my biggest influence on the business. Yeah, okay. So basically Tristan takes the role of the operations manager and you, Trent, take the, the role as the, the office manager come business manager. Yeah, well, Tash probably is better described as office manager. Uh, she sort of takes the role of, ah, okay, of yep. directing directing the day-to-day stuff. Um, we, we explain our roles as I'd be general manager, Tristan's yes, office okay. manager and Tash's, Tash's office manager. So I sort of just oversee the, the entire thing sort of. Uh, my my plans five years, Tristan's and Tasha's plans so six months, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Um, yeah. It's it's good how you sort of worked out each other's strengths and then just sort of um, capitalise that and find each other's niches or roles within the business, and that's similar to what we're yeah. Nikki sort of run it, but we're not brothers. I get to go home and sleep with my uh, operations manager. <laughs> Yeah. We're not going. We're not even going to go down that, that path. <laughs> actually, that came out really, really, really bad because I actually, I actually have an office, uh, an operations manager. <laughs> I meant to say that in reverse. Oh. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. yeah, yeah. We, we won't uh, go there. I think I'll just change the now. change the topic. Um, <laughs> okay, so. So, Trent, um, and this is a question I ask Jay all the time, to be quite honest, is, you know, why do you give up so much of your precious time for training with, with Rapid, like with Rapid Training? Because you're a busy man. I, I know that for yeah, a fact. My, yeah, I ask myself that um, just about every day as well. I just, I've always had a strong passion for training. Um, if I wasn't going to be a person, I was going to be a teacher. Um, I, think, I think I was fortunate enough in my earlier days of my career to be exposed to what was what was a good version of magnetic pest control. I had some really good trainers, some really good mentors in there. Um, so I feel like I had the opportunity to provide that to some of the new people coming through. 
um, albeit in a less hands-on way than it than it used to be um, delivered, obviously. But it just it's that one little thing that I'm able to give back to the industry um, without too much reliance on me to be in one place at one specific time. Um, as you'd know, Jay, said, by no means worth. Uh, if we put that amount of time back into the business, as far as as far as cash and banks concerned, it would be better off directing to the business. But I think it just helps the industry as a whole. Um, it certainly has a lot of intangibles that you can take into the business. You might you might see something or um, come up with an idea while you're discussing something with the student um, that you let that you can then apply to your business to make it better. Yeah, um, so I, I suppose my answer is I have no idea. Uh, I love doing. Uh, I, I love doing it. I'm passionate about training people. I, I take that and use it internally in our business as well. So I think I think I'll just keep on keeping on. I mean, I done my certifying training assessment in like 2012 or something. So it was always something that I wanted to do. Um, I then I then sort of reverse that and used it purely internally for six or seven years um, before I got the opportunity to jump on team with Rapids in 2019, I think it was. Yeah. I, look, I 100% agree. Um, you know, I can earn three times as much uh, working in my own business out on the actual tools uh, compared to what I earn or generate, you know, um, training. But for me, I find training very, very rewarding um, in many ways. One, you know, being able to put back into the industry and, you know, and see people actually grow and develop, uh, you know, trainees. But also what I find is that it pushes me and motivates me to constantly be on top of my game, um, keep on top of things. You know, students will ask or question things and I'll go, oh, I'm not 100% sure. I better research that or I better look that up. I better double check that. I better fact check that. Um, so yeah, I find it, it motivates me and pushes me to be, you know, constantly learning, um, yeah, better myself as well. I feel yeah. sorry for our trainees. They say the best way to learn is to teach, and it's accurate for that reason. We developed an internal course for train the trainer, which is just for some of our supervisory technicians, um, and that's one of the things that I pointed out. Like, it's a really good way to learn, um, mostly because you spend half your time shit scared you're going to say the wrong thing and teach the wrong thing. So you're always fact-checking yourself because the last thing you want to do is tell someone the wrong thing and they go and apply it on field. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit more about those in-house um, training systems that you've um, put in place. Is there anything, little strategies or techniques in particular you've sort of uh, put in place yet? Yeah, mate, lots and lots in development. I don't know if it will ever be finished, but it's something we're pretty proud of. Um, we have a lot of internal you know, training videos, a lot of standard operating procedures, a lot of um, background stuff that gives support uh, remotely to technicians while they're on the field. But we've, we've uh, over the last probably 12, 18 months, we've really focused on that and uh, take a new technician, turn them into a good technician, you know, in that sort of six, 12 month time frame, and turn them into a really good technician over the next 10 years, I guess. So really build a lot, uh, put a lot of time into building that, that runway from, from day one to year 10. You, you know, we've got a technician on that's. 
I think it's at year 17 um, with Jesse. Still, every year we do lots and lots of training with him and put him, push him to his limits as much as we can. And we sort of, you see that payback in dividends to the business, but you also see that in the technicians that they just, they learn to thrive and, and love that, that training environment. Um, so as far as the trainees, they come on, we obviously sign them up to a to standard RTO course. Um, but then before we even do that, like we'll bring them on week, uh, day one, give them a, a short course, our expertify course, we call it. It's, I don't know, like 10 pages. And it just basically says in the beginning that the purpose of this is so that you get to know us and our core values and everything that we do, um, so that you get to know the simple stuff about the pest and so that you get to know your um, supervisor so that you get comfortable asking them questions. Um, we say hand that back by the end of month one or you don't get to month two. Yeah, um, okay. And we find that that really gets that, the ball rolling in, in um, sort of, uh, getting used to studying, getting used to answering questions, getting that sort of hunger and, and feel for knowledge. Um, because again, based on that, we, we really make a decision. Is this person serious or are they just here for a paycheck? Because I mean, pest control in general, but especially within LPA, we don't really have time for someone who's going to be turning up for a paycheck. Um, because we, the, the service offering we provide is, is, uh, high value, I guess. And if, if we, if we're not going to be providing high value, uh, within our team, then we can't be offering that as a service differentiator, I guess. So that, that's one thing we do to weed them out early on. Um, and then from there, we really plan to have, um, have that training course at five, six and 18 sort of done within that four to six months, uh, have them on field generating cash flow ASAP and then start to look at, like at the moment we're planning for sort of April, May, getting uh, some of the technicians that are already out doing their 5, 6 and 18 work, jumping back into a ute with someone um, for week on, week off so they can start doing the termite training. Um, like I said, we ran some uh, train-the-trainer courses just to bring some of our senior technicians into a much more supervisory role. Um and, and we're really looking at building that out into a uh, not so complex, but almost almost like what we do inside inside Rapids, where we can sign them up to a course, get them to do a course in, in the intention of career progression. So we can always have that that runway, or uh, someone can always know what the next thing they can do is to improve themselves, their position within the company, um, and you know, their own knowledge and, and career. I really like that um, idea concept about that ongoing continual training because I know so many businesses, they focus on getting the actual trainee qualified as a tech so that they can mm-hmm. get him in a vehicle and get him out generating income. And then I find that once they're in a vehicle on their own, out operating, they pretty much just get left their own devices. And I feel that that's where they come unstuck, I guess. Um, they're just left to their own devices too much and they don't have that ongoing mentoring beyond that that's that's right you get dissatisfaction within the team like we we one thing that we implemented straight away was monthly meetings which say look every month we the whole team catches up at one place and we, we have some pretty good metrics around the business and we know that when we do those meetings just in direct costs it costs us over a thousand bucks but yeah. the amount of the amount of the amount of value that it adds to the business i mean it, even it was only a week ago 
I said this harsh as like I feel like we need another monthly meeting. It's only been two weeks. Yeah. Um, but some of the some of the boys were punching out, you know, pretty close to fifty hour weeks, just catching up on some of the rain stuff. And it was really taking its toll on on company morale. Yeah. And it seems to be that reset when you get everyone there together and everyone understands that we're all in it, we're all fighting the same battles. Um and sort of we're all together we've run over the core values and all the strengths and things good things that have happened and bad things that have happened last month um it really takes us back up for the next month and slingshots us into into the month brings a whole like i said that whole team morale back to where it should be yeah i, I must admit when we we try and have monthly toolbox meetings as well and i sit there sometimes you know and i do a head count i'm going oh geez look at six techs six vehicles sitting out here in the car park that could be out there right now generating me you know 150 160 bucks an hour at least um yeah. and I'd, I'd sort of do the the math and go, oh, what are we sitting around the table for <laughs> but yeah you gotta yeah. you gotta take that step back and and look at the bigger picture and um and look at that development within the actual team yeah, that's right. I mean, I'm a data guy. I love data, and I look. I know the numbers and look at them, but there's a lot of intangibles that you can't get from data. That I mean, the the difference the difference in the team pre those meetings versus post those meetings, and and it was the first probably six to twelve months was tough um, because they they just no one was used to it, no one really seen the value in it. Um, but you know, once we got past that time and you know, everyone got over the fact that they thought core values were a gimmick, that sort of stuff, and, and really accepted them and took them on. Um, it's made an immense difference to the, the team culture within LPA. That's cool. That's good that you can actually see that. Now, speaking of data, now, and you said you're a data guy. Now, you recently gave me a bit of a, a sneak peek at this financial spreadsheet that you religiously work on to basically track your business performance. Now, I know there'd be very few pesties, I reckon, that would be so on top of their, you know, their running costs. Can you give us a bit of a rundown um, you know, of what's on that spreadsheet and what figures in particular you actually track? Yeah, sure can. We, we track just about everything. Um, I think probably the one step back, the important thing about data is just collecting it. Um, even if you don't use it, you know, grab it. Um, it's always good to be able to pull that and and check it retrospectively, especially if you make a small change, be able to retrospectively see what that's actually done. But within this spreadsheet specifically, we, we track everything. You track, we, it's it, basically the, well, the exact same information that you can get out of zero. I just find that that, that process of manually putting it into a spreadsheet and manually checking it versus, versus the month before and projecting out based on it gives us that sort of almost innate ability to judge how the business is going as well. Um, so we look at all the normal, normal stuff, your top line income, um, your GP, our technician wages, all that sort of stuff. But I mean, in a growing business, it's always difficult to tell that. So one specific measure that we put in is revenue per hour and um, cost per hour. So when we say that, we're talking about the cost of each technician per hour. So we take in all the operating costs, um, take out technician wages, and that basically gives us a bottom line of this is how much it costs, and that's where I pull that figure of about 1000 bucks for that meeting. Um, this is what it costs before we even hit the rail, before we pay someone for that hour's work. 
Um, that really plays into uh, our wage performance reviews because I as a business, your you plan is, one, make profit, two, keep a really happy team and, and really, I suppose, pay them as much as you logically can, making sure that the profit's kept, and three, make sure they've all got jobs for forever, ideally. Um, so we, we really spend a lot of time on narrowing down that, that cost per hour per technician um, and then we can add their wage back to it and ensure they're profitable and um, and do their wage assessment at the end of each year with, with some strong confidence around that. Um, just heading down, we track advertising and stuff like that. It's, advertising is one of those costs that, no one really likes to. I love doing it. We do lots and lots of advertising. We, we sort of try and keep it just as a general rule at around that 3% of, of turnover, but it is quite difficult to do sometimes. I mean, there's, there's so many avenues of advertising now, they're all impossible to measure. So it makes it hard to decide where to put that cash. Um, and realistically, uh, I suppose the worst thing I see happen, it happens all the time, is my Facebook gets flooded. In two months from now, um, it'll get flooded with tons and tons of pesties who are just struggling for work. And I, I think it's the worst thing you can do is start to try and retrospectively advertise. So, again, we try and make sure that it's relatively consistent throughout the year. Um, naturally, there's times a year where bigger bills come up, so it um, jumps up, and then there's months where we, we spend bugger all, so it sort of levels out. Um the other figures we look at, staff costs, so direct costs, we, we take into consideration things like um, like our Christmas parties, uniforms, uh, the meetings. Like we do a lot of other internal stuff. Like um, we'll often go to trivia nights as a group, that sort of stuff. So all those costs get added into those staff costs just to make sure that we're not losing a mind and being ridiculous. Um, because you, when you go up to pay the bill at the end of the night, you, like again, sort of, 14 staff members, um, one or two drop out, and they'll bring their partners. You end up with 20, 25 people at a table. Um, all their food and drink certainly adds up, and it's hard to pay that bill at the end of the night. Um, but again, we just make sure we budget for that because if if it's in the budget, it doesn't matter. Yeah. The way we sort of look at that. Um, average hour value. So we, we, we sort of take that top line, divide it by how many technician hours we've done um, and make sure that that average hour value surpasses the average hour cost um, by purely because, it, again, we haven't added technician wages to that yet. Um, but really, I think, I don't know if you've ever read the book Good to Great, but really talks about you know, three or four things that businesses need to focus on. They need to be better at what they do than someone else and they need to be really good at it. Um, but the real, real differentiator is knowing what, what that, um, that economic driver is or what, what it is that actually puts the, the money in the bank or the food on the table and keeping a real good eye on that. And I think for us, that average hour value and that every average hour cost is that as long as we can say that there's a differentiator between them, we know we're going in the right direction and there's, there's not too much stress. Cause if you sit back and, and you look at, Oh God, we've only got you know one or two weeks work booked in, and it's raining and cash flows through the floor. Um, but at the end of the month, you can sit back and see that there was a difference there, um, and you're pretty happy at bottom line. There's there's no use stressing, I guess. Um, we talked to you just yesterday, Jay, when we we're catching up for a podcast on the price of fuel. 
Um, so yeah. it, really, it really gives me the ability to look at cost versus projection as well. And at, as I did yesterday, our fuel bill's uh, 150% of what it was in December. Yeah. Um, January, it was quite low, actually. It was down to 4000 bucks. Um, but this, but February, it was up to six. Um, March. Is that because Tristan uh, drove up to Queensland or mid New South Wales? Somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Probably. I, I think. I think it's because someone drove into um, somewhere they shouldn't be. But anyway, but it, I think it's, what it really highlights again is that we also the the data that we collect is because I know another, a lot of other passes as well look at average job value as they as they differentiated. The problem we found with that is that. Uh, jobs are incredibly variable. Yep. You, you might be on one job for eight hours and you're on the next one for half an hour. Um, it's really hard to put an average job yeah. value over there. So, um, and especially with a lot of batting and monitoring for termites, it's really difficult to put down where that where that money went. Um, whereas if we average the hours that we pay our technicians over the 12 months, um, it, it averages that, that cost. It takes, takes out the outliers. Um, and so sort of really levels it out to what it's actually worth every hour. Um, but then again, what, what it allows us to do is say, look, we know how many jobs we do a month. You know, we might do X amount of jobs. We can divide that by the excess in fuel costs. Um, and we can look at it and say, look, it's costing us actually $2.50 per job that we do. Um, and that's when we can start to strategically think around the business. All right, how do we combat this issue? Um, so we've had quite a few meetings. Tristan actually engage a, a business coach is very handy. Um, we had a bit of a strategic meeting with him. Tristan and I had one um, just personally, just us two. Um, I've had one in office now with admin and our, our monthly meeting with the technicians is tomorrow. So we'll have another one to involve the whole group because, I mean, we, we basically come down to the fact that, look, we've got a few options here. One is to really screw down on efficiencies to make sure that um, you know we can we can keep that cash on bottom line without too much trouble. Like I mean, overall it is only two or three thousand bucks a month. It's not a lot of money, but as you guys have know, it's really hard to get that two or three thousand to bottom line. It's really easy to lose it off bottom line. So um, we're going to try and screw up efficiencies. Otherwise, the only other option is to go and tack a three dollar bill onto everyone's job, and it, we just don't feel that that's that's right um, for us. It doesn't quite fit our, our business culture to go and charge the customer as soon as we can without trying internally to solve the issue without that implication on the customer. Yeah. Um. There's two things that I was really, really impressed with um, and what I really, really like about that spreadsheet is that, one, like you were telling me how you can actually pinpoint the actual break-even point um, of when you put an actual trainee on and at what point he actually starts becoming profitable for your business. Um, and you yeah, actually you're actually able to put a timeline on it and tell you exactly, you know, at which month that he's going to be actually um, generating profit for you within your business. So I found that really Really, really cool. Um, yeah, yes. So that, that's in our technician KPI one. And again, I think the reason I love data so much is it tells a story that you otherwise wouldn't be able to tell. Yeah. So we, we really love the, the saying that if it's measured, it's managed because it, it, there's not much that's more accurate than that um, throughout a business. If you don't know what's happening, you run off emotions and anecdotes and it just doesn't get you anywhere. It's sort of 
turns into a bit of chaos. So that's what we've done. I mean, like I said, we've been building out this this recruitment program. How do we get people? Because, I mean, you look, it doesn't take much time on Facebook to look at the fact that the industry is absolutely starving for good technicians. Um, if if your point of difference is putting up a seek ad on, on a Facebook page and getting stuff that way, you're doing the same thing that everyone else is doing. So we said, all right, we've got internal training metrics. We've got... Um, really a quite a close-knit group. Let's leverage that ability and let's start bringing people through the door and um, training and getting them on the field as quickly as we can and then giving them, like I said, that career to look forward to, not just uh, not just the next six months and then sit in you by yourself and we'll talk to you when you do something wrong and that's it. Yeah. But a really important part of that was making sure that there was cash at the, at the end of it. Yeah. And, and to give you an example, we, we've, again, we've been... Um, sort of tweaking this process for uh, at least sort of 18 months and, and really focusing on it. Um, we got a technician that started about 18 months ago and, and he's just getting towards break-even. Um, we've got other technicians that are, that are at that six month and they're, they're rapidly heading towards break-even. Um, so I think when you, like I said, when you can look at a data source like that and say, look, we're, we're rapidly heading towards break-even here, we're doing something right. Um, it, it just allows you to proceed a lot more confidently with what you're already doing rather than going and changing something that doesn't need any more changing. Yeah. Um, and my second point was that, uh, and, and it relates back to, you know, mistakes that we made as a business earlier on the piece that, you know, we started, you know, um, increasing our overhead, so to speak, by putting on extra staff, but we never increased our um our profit margin and we didn't realize until it was too late so to speak um you know it wasn't until we ended year financials that you know we thought we'll make a money i looked at it and, oh we're generating all this you know revenue and generating all this um income but it wasn't until you actually sat down with your account at the end of the year and go well hang on dick how come i got no money in the bank and as you sort of said it's all about making sure you've got that cash at the end of the actual year and you're able to sort of um indicate that or i guess pre-see that um before it actually um gets to the end of the financial year and you know if we use fuel as an example um actually get those early warning signs and see what impact the these rising fuel costs are actually having on um on your profit margin or your bottom line uh, within yeah, the business right. at a very early stage so you can rectify it before you get to the end of the year and go oh shit we've got no money to share between me and tristan <laughs> Yeah, that's right. It allows us to pivot and action stuff before before um, she gets a turn. If I'm allowed to say that, it's yeah, too late. I already said it. So, um, so no bonus for you, so, Tristan. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no bonus. bonus. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's spent all his money on his car. <laughs> <laughs> all right, the mechanics. Yeah. <laughs> uh, are you going to let me talk? I'm going to let you talk now. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I was actually really engaged in what you were saying. Um, it's really interesting. Um, so a, a question, and I both want you to answer this, but what, what has been your biggest challenge? We'll start with you, Tristan. Work with Trent. Oh. <laughs> yeah. um, mine, I've pretty much my biggest challenge that I've pretty much faced in the last two years is trying to juggle my family life and business life. So yeah, well, I've, a... Got a, I've, got a, I've got a two-year-old daughter um, as of next month. And just trying to juggle that because before before that I wouldn't have a drama stand at work like I was if it needed to get done I get. All right, who'd we lose? 
Okay. I think we lost both both of them. Yeah. They've I'll had ri- enough. They've hung up. I'll ring them back. <laughs> they've, they've hung up on us. I know. I mean, it, it dropped out, and I'll just bring yeah. I'll bring uh, Tristan up. Tristan will think we don't actually want to hear him. <laughs> oh, so- I'm not sure what happened then. Yeah, it dropped out. I think I know, I think I know. Hang on, I think I'll just merge calls. Is it your fault, Jay? Yeah, I think I do. Oh, you you're both there. <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right. I, I think I've worked out what it is. Same thing happened when we were interviewing... Um, oh, Vasily and his dad. Vasily and his dad. Oh, I reckon there's a time limit on merging calls. Oh, well, there you go. We'll, uh, we'll... Yeah. So, I actually just thought he didn't want to listen to you, uh, Tristan, because he was so <laughs> involved with his conversation with Trent. Yeah. So... Oh. Um, <laughs> I reckon there's – I don't have to look at this one up. I reckon there's like a 45-minute – because I'm looking at the podcast time. I reckon there's a 45-minute time limit Drop out. on merging calls. So we've got to, Tristan. Mm. Um, yeah, you've got, a, you've got a two-year-old and trying to juggle um, family life yeah. and, and, and work. Um, it's um, – yeah, that's where we got to. Yeah, so it, it's one thing that every chance I can um, will be um, spent, like, obviously, with the family – um, like if I if I've got a, a late start, I'll actually spend the time with um with with my wife and daughter in the morning. If I get a chance, I'll drop her off at daycare. Um, because the next day you can bet that I won't be home till probably seven or eight o'clock at night. Yep, and it's definitely not easy. I know when we first started, you know, our youngest was ten months old mm. at, at that time, and um, we had we had three three young kids under the age of. 12 and that was hard I know I was ringing Jay when are you coming home when are you doing this you've got this to do (laughs) yeah yeah so um personal that's probably the biggest challenge um the the probably the other challenge that I could think of would be trying to find um a smoother process of juggling um so many staff members and and um technicians um obviously when I when we got into um, owning and managing the business, I was actually a contractor for um, mum and dad. So at, at the end of the day, I was just thinking, okay, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? What do I need to do? Then all of a sudden I've just gotten through it. Like I've, I've walked into the door of I've got to stop thinking of what I'm going to do. I'm going to think of how what are, they, what are these guys going to do first before what I can do. So that was a massive change um, and and it was it's still – and I'm still ironing out all the floors now, so it's just one of the things that it'll never, I'll never be perfect at it, but I'll just keep working at it. Yep, that's great. Such a young age. Oh, I'm like, just blown away. But, I'm just in total awe by the two of you. But, yeah, but then I'll be honest, I look at Willara, our daughter, who's 23, and the yep. way she runs our office. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, well, she is, she's only 23, and um, to be honest, she runs circles around me when it comes to technology <laughs> and that type of thing. So um, what she's about... Had, she's had a good mentor. Yeah, yeah. Me. Yeah, me. <laughs> <laughs> me. What about you, What about you, Trent? What's been your biggest challenge? Um, probably the biggest challenge is the... the Working with Trent. Saying, but yeah, 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 that's right. No, Stop trying to get him to argue. Family businesses are very challenging. Um, before, before Tristan and I were involved as... 
involved quite heavily with my parents and it, it, you know it was quite a difficult thing to navigate so we we sort of have a learning from that lesson and making sure that Tristan and I are able to navigate it a, a little easier yeah. um, by setting some of those boundaries and stuff that we spoke about earlier and I mean especially because I don't have um, kids I know short-term intentions of that just yeah yeah that's right i'm having too much fun um but tash and i got married at like i don't know what we were 20 or 21 hopefully she doesn't listen to that i'm very young <laughs> um and, and same as any small town thing you think oh, now we'll have kids straight away and you know um by the time we're 40 we'll be three of them but then every other year we just go oh, you know it's, we're having a lot of fun we're very busy where do they fit um, so it makes it a lot harder for me to to sort of comprehend where that fits in with Tristan as well. So um, we we try to openly discuss that as much as possible. Where I, I might say, "Mate, what the hell are you doing? You're dropping the ball. You're always at home." And I say, "Hey, I've got a kid to feed. I've got to pick my daughter up." Blah blah blah. So I think um, just being able to navigate that that family and and business scenario is, is certainly the biggest challenge um, and, and an ongoing challenge, but something we're getting a lot, lot better at. So. What would be um, your most successful marketing strategies? I know that you said you spend um, around about, is it 3% that you spend on yes. on marketing? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, that's clear. Um, we, we had a really good um, sort of marketing thing we done last year, which was, Naturally, it was about marketing our business, um, but it was more uh, the, the broader focus was mar- marketing pest controllers in industry um, and marketing pest controllers and maintenance service. And yep. we, we tend to find, especially in our area, it was it was heavily reactive. Any client who was on board with us sort of had those those maintenance reminders, that sort of stuff. But we really realised that lots and lots of people and lots of that inbound stuff that we were getting was was reactive. Was we have spiders or we have cockroaches and we need it fixed now. Um, so we, we built a bit of a four part video series that was for the socials. Um, it was really fun, um, really, really quite difficult to plan out, but um, really fun to build and, and get it to air. Um, and you know, that it's probably the only thing I can't have data around that. that customer perspective but anecdotally from that in girls that they say that it's made a world of difference as far as the types of customers that we're attracting as well as um the response from the customers when it comes to maintenance time um because they, they sort of are taking that view of oh this is well, the tagline for that that campaign was pest control it's just maintenance yep <clears throat> yeah yep Mm. Um, yeah, you, you did certainly have some very impressive videos, um, you know, despite you being in them, Trent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so listeners, um, do yourselves a favour, jump onto Local Pest Experts' Facebook page and just check out some of the videos. They're, they're, they're pretty cool. I like the angle on some of them, especially your recruitment one. I really, really like that angle. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah I, like getting, I like that one. Yeah. Hey, um, I'm going to ask uh, Tristan this one because I've heard enough of you, Trent. Um, yeah, good idea. What do you love most about the pest industry, Tristan? Uh, I, I basically thrive in it because it's a, it's a new challenge every day. So um, I, I knew from a very, very early age that if I sat it behind a desk for eight hours a day, I'd go pretty insane and I'm a pretty hands-on bloke. So um, I'm a hands-on bloke and I love to help. So 
I just naturally fit into basically what I stepped into, yeah. Um, which which is pest control. Where whereas I go to a house and I love solving the pro- I love solving problems. They go, oh, I've got these. Oh, okay. Let's let's go in and have a look. Oh, yeah. I can see where they're coming in. Um, I can fix the current issue and then I can implement something so it doesn't happen again. And then all of a sudden the 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 attitude with the clients and everything they just you leave you leave feeling pepped up uh, instead of oh now I've got to run to another job so uh, I I love this industry just for the sake of uh, it's hands on it's not the same thing every day and I get to help people pretty much every day of the week so it's absolutely unreal. All right, guys, if you had had the opportunity to do it all again, would you do it differently? I'll let you answer this one, Trent. Let's just say there's plenty of stuff we would have done differently. But like, I think it's like anything. I, I, we quite regularly say that we're a student of business because um, that's what it's like. You think of something and you think two years. I wish I knew that two years ago. And you, you put that confidence versus confidence bell curve where you start at the top and you, you think you know everything. You start to learn that you know nothing and as you learn more, um, you get a lot less confident in your confidence. So it'd be lovely to do it all over again and start from now. Um, but I, I don't think that there'd be anything that I'd do differently now. Cool. Um, okay, so where to from here then? Obviously, you know, Tristan, you've just started a family. Trent, you're about to start a family. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what, what's, the, what's, what's the end game? What's the... Uh, yeah, the end game. To stay brothers. Mate, What's the plan? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Get a get a long, long term would be good. Um, I, I think that we are absolutely loving everything that we do at the moment. So just uh, building um, a very reputable brand, a really good team, um, and some some systems that accompany that. You know, make, making lots and lots of mistakes. Um, but making sure that off the back of those mistakes, we find out that why or what happened, what went wrong, building a system out that stops us from doing that again and, and doing that over and over again until we sort of get closer to what would be the perfect business. So I just think more of the same um, ongoing. I think yeah. I think the growth, the growth will be um, undoubted. Like there, there'll be... There's no option but to grow with as, as hard as we work, but where that actually takes us um, at this stage is unknown. Like we, again, we're really just focusing on making sure that the the, the process and, and the rubber stamp is perfect before before we look at trying to launch it into anything of any major scale. Um, so no plans to step out and become a full-time trainer, Trent? Nah, no, 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 not full time. That, that was that was always a cow. I always wanted to become a rep, and um, and you wouldn't probably six months after we're in here and Andrew Knight sat down as an ex rep. I jokingly said to him, oh, "Who are you replacing it with?" And he said, "Oh, do you want to have a conversation?" <laughs> I was like, "No, I'm stuck here now, mate." <laughs> So it, it would be fun, but I also don't think that, it, that any of those jobs individually would, would hold enough uh, challenge and, and fulfilment for me specifically. Yeah, I can do it all at the same time as I am. Well, if you're going to be a rep before you have kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That's the problem, isn't it? Um, no, I'm stuck where I am, loving it. 
So when when you're not working, I know Tristan. Um, obviously, when you're not working, you're at home with the family. Um, but but how do you relax? Like um, you just go away, oh. you go camping. It's... Yeah, every every chance I can, I go camping. My my um, most effective form of relaxation is a is a beer, um, like most people. But uh, no, uh, most weekends. Um, again, I just love helping helping people. So um, for for the past probably two three months. I've um I've gone out into when I'm not spending time with the family I'm out there helping him um, on his farm and just basically tinkering around and it's he's he's actually a, a builder as well so he's building his house so I'm getting a lot of knowledge on um, how things actually how how the house is built um, and how he does things um, even things like um, I I knew I knew. Yeah, I knew plaster was on a wall. I just didn't know the process of how people put plaster on a wall. Yeah, okay. So I'm, I'm I'm gaining all this knowledge of, okay, yeah, I can get why you've done that. Oh, that makes more sense. Um, rather than like, I'm, I'll probably never ever use it. Yes, you will. Uh, when one of, your, <laughs> one of your technicians puts their foot through the hits the hits the wall with their with their riga. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So it, it's it, it's kind of a win-win. He actually asked me one day. He goes, "Why do you keep coming? Like, I don't ask you. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I can't afford to pay you." I said, "Mate, like the knowledge I'm getting, it's worth more than um, money or anything. Like, it's like I, I help him shaded his roof. Um, it's pretty much helped him pull the slab um, for the house and everything. So it's been a long process. He's building it. Um, uh, he." Builds everyone else's houses Monday to Friday and um, works on his own Saturday and Sunday. Yep. So um, I, I like to fit myself around the people with that work ethic of it's not just Monday to Friday. It's just if something needs to do, we'll get it done. So it's, uh, and I guess I guess most people look at that and go, well, you work on the weekends and you work on Monday to Friday, but um, like, like what? Uh, well, I I believe I fit more in the saying, well, if, if I stop, I'll drop dead so i don't like stopping for very long <laughs> plus, plus plus my wife seems to sell everything on buy stop sell so mum and dad always told me don't sit still too long else she'll sell you as well yep. yeah. <laughs> um what about you trent actually what, what, um, what do you do to relax yeah i i really enjoy reading book lane on the beach that's so uh if I, if I'm not at work, which isn't that often, that, that's probably what you'll find me doing lately. Is um, actually sitting still on my cushion, um, grab a book, have a read. Um, he's, he's a very very but, different, aren't you? Yeah, well, I, mean, <laughs> I, I used to do a lot of camping. I, I, I own an overly expensive expensive camping setup. I far too much money's worth of fishing rods that I won't say on there. Um, I have an expensive boat, and I don't use any of them because I just. I don't know, it, we work quite hard, so when I do get that time, I like to sit down and relax, read a book, go to the gym. Yeah. Um, that's about it. Do you, get, do you go to the gym, Tristan? No, no, Trent doesn't give me time to go to the gym. He <laughs> <laughs> pays, pays for a membership. He donates to a local gym. Yeah, I'm supporting my local, mate. Tristan would be lucky to get out of bed at 4.30 in the morning. Are you both, both from the same parents or was one of you adopted? <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's the question we asked the we didn't it? He's got red hair and a beard. I've got brown hair and no beard. So, so, so which one was adopted? 
Well, May. Yeah, yeah, definitely May. <laughs> if, you, if you've seen our, our, our um, eldest brother, you'd know that straight away Trancy adopted one. Yeah. <laughs> Is the eldest brother a ranger too? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, if you ask him, a strawberry blonde. Strawberry oh, blonde. okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, we all have at least one funny story while working as a pasty. What's one of yours? Both years. Who's going first? Oh, yeah, I'll go first. Um, I'll, we've got plenty, but I don't know if I can share them on air, so I'll go with the with the most sedate one. Is I once had this trainee, and I was we were drilling, um, we were drilling um, protect LPs on the walls and that, and I'd done a few, and I showed him how to do it. And I went, right, I'll sit the stations out. You can, you can screw them into the wall, but you've got to drill it first. Oh, yep, okay, okay. So I'll, I'll start away and I'll put all these lockable road stations around the site and i come back and he's still on the same one and I left him. I said, what's the go? He goes, mate, you drew a bit blunt. You drew a bit blunt. I'm like, that was fine before. So anyway, I grabbed the drill off him and I go ahead and I'm looking looking at him. Then I look at the drill then I look back at him and then I look at the drill. I was like, have you fiddled with this? He goes, no. Nah. I was like, you got it in reverse, mate. <laughs> So it's not. He, he did said I was gone for easily over fifteen minutes, and he's just burning this drill bit. And I looked, and it was busted. So there was no way in hell I could salvage that. So I ended up having to go get a new one out of the truck. So um, that's probably the most funniest one I can share on air. Um, in all honesty, but in 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 this technician's defence, um, he wasn't a very hands-on sort of bloke. He, I think that was the first time he picked a drill up. Uh, I'm curious train, about hearing about train. these other stories that you can't share on air. Yeah. Well, we've well, said it on the last podcast. We have done R-rated ones before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what we'd call trainer error anyway, hey, Tristan? You didn't, you didn't think or thought enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, I, I have a really funny story that actually involves Tristan because when Tristan was coming up, I was uh, seeing it by a, a supervisory technician, so I was doing all the training internally. Um, and we were doing this this um, like club kitchen. Um, they'd been battling <laughs> German cockroaches for a long, long time. And, um, they eventually brought us in. I got tasked with the job of getting them under control. Uh, seeing the situation really, really difficult, hosed out, lots and lots of gunk under the machine. So I think I was up to maybe my second or third service, so probably two to four months into servicing this kitchen. Um, and I was, I was just battling in this one area, so I was pulling everything apart, and sure enough, I pulled out this um, alfoil box of that the large uh, industrial-sized alfoil, and I opened it up, and uh, there it was. There was that pocket that I just wasn't getting hold of. So I said to Tristan, hey, can you grab this for me? And so he turned around, arms outstretched, and I threw in this box. As soon as he caught it, it just exploded all over him like a cockroach hand grenade. <laughs> and the poor kid just sat there covered in cockroaches. He was probably 16 years old. <laughs> and he's still working yeah. with you. He's yeah, still working uh, with you. I actually want to hear my, about the fish story in the fridge. My um, my other favourite line when I was training him was, oh, he's the boss's son, so he can get away with anything. <laughs> he, used to, <laughs> he used to hate that one. The boss's cool son. Hey. Yeah, the fish story in the fridge, I was just working in um, some low socioeconomic housing, and I, I walked in, done the normal spiel, blah, blah, blah. Um, do you have any pets? No, do you have any fish? 
And this young fella walks over the fridge and he's like, yeah. And I, 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 I had to sort of stop myself from laughing. I was like, oh, no, you don't have any, like, a, you don't have a fish tank, do you? No, no fish. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, no, that was a good one. That was a cracker. All right, guys. Um, we've got another time in the episode where we do our rapid fire questions where we get to know you just at one last bit. Um, uh, how are we going to work Should this? Should we do one? No, I reckon. Do one I reckon. You, you do one, Tristan does one, then I'll well, do one. Well, they're only short answers. I reckon we make them both do it. But Trent, you answer first, then Tristan. I reckon that's the easiest that's way fine. to go about it. Well, I think if you disagree, <laughs> you'll find a lot of them are going to be the same answer. All right? But if they disagree, You then, reckon they're, yeah. they're that different? They're, they're, yeah. Every question, they'll probably disagree. Yeah, maybe. Right, let's, let's, <laughs> let's, just, let's, let's see how that works. Let's just see. Let's see okay. how it pans out. Beer or wine after work? Um, beer after work, but I love a wine. So we probably disagree there. Yeah, I'm a cider man. I'm a. I'm actually <laughs> allergic to wheat and dairy, so I've I've had the short straw for a very long time. Oh, um, so yeah, so I found this um, low carb cider and everything, and um, it, it's pretty much dangerous around me because it doesn't last long. <laughs> uh, morning or a night person? Morning. I'm a morning if you can get me up, but I'd rather work at night. <laughs> I like that. I'm a morning person if you can get me out of bed. <laughs> uh, are you AFL or NRL followers? I don't think we really watch much footy either. Of us. I, no. I played NRL and we, we grew up watching rugby in and out old means of Kiwi, so yeah. AFL out of either of them. Uh, NRL out of either of them, so... Uh, prefer city life or country life? City. Country. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is going to be interesting. Um, are you a boobs or a bum kind of guy? Everything. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely both. <laughs> yeah, I'm bum. Uh, I, was, I was waiting for Trent to go booze and then and Tristan go bum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, Favourite termite bait? Wrapping, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah, yep, same. Uh, Favourite manufacturer? I'd say uh, out of volume and confidence in product use, it have to be bare, so... Just so I know in your one you done the other day, you spoke about Termidor and just the reliance that you put on it. I uh, completely agree. You're on the same boat, Tristan? Yeah. Yep. Um, Favourite sales rep? Whoever's got their credit card out buying us lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that we have one favourite, but gee whiz, we leverage those relationships. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I hear you guys are going up to uh, up, yeah, north, up, say, up north I shortly. Should have, I should have said Andrew since we're going to Townsville next week. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll say Andrew from there. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, do you prefer baiting or liquid soil treatments for termite prevention? I prefer baiting, do both. Right. Um, plugs or grout? Yeah. Flow meter or stopwatch? Uh, inside or outside first when doing a general pest treatment? 
jam pass inside. Yep. Uh, inspecting? Oh. Outside. Outside. Uh, yeah. Uh, Too inspections. You got to follow the terminals. Yeah. Oh, man of my own heart. Geez, we train. <laughs> geez, we train them well at Rapid. Um, roof so, void first or last when inspecting? Last. Last. Backpack or bulk tank when doing general pest treatments? Yeah, so every you can get yeah, hundred. It's a short answer question, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> boy right talk. Bulk, bulk tank. <laughs> bulk tank. Okay. Yeah, uh, I was expecting him to say back tank. Ah, oh, so he's been converted, is he? Uh, we we just use them a lot more than we ever expected to. Yep. Uh, seems to be the, the general consensus, actually. Um, when you're inspecting, do you inspect clockwise or anti-clockwise? Anti. Yeah, anti-clockwise. Anti-clockwise. Yeah, it makes it hard, actually. We were, we were trying to rush up to a meeting one day, so I went around to help him do a termite inspection. It makes it yeah. hard to inspect the place at the same time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I tried doing that once. It just didn't work for me at all. Um, yeah. So normally I say, all right, you do this room and I'll do that room and you sort of do it that way. A, um, uh, here we go, Rapid or Weimark? <laughs> um, rapid, we, we've actually never been insured through Weimark. Um, yeah, you have or you haven't? Yeah, I think haven't, no. I mm. just think in, in the early days, especially Rapids, were doing a, a hell of a lot for the, the industry. Yeah. You couldn't go past that. Yeah. Um, which type of work do you prefer, domestic or commercial? Um, I prefer commercial. Okay. okay. I'd, I'd probably say domestic just to disagree. <laughs> Post construction or pre construction? This is where we will disagree because I love doing pre con. Um, I hate the, I hate, I'm literally that like, in my ears as a builder. So I hate that. He's probably going to need to get some calls on in an hour before he calls in the morning. Yeah. Um, but I love doing the work. And Tristan, your post construction, are you, mate? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's pretty cool. Okay. <laughs> uh, general pest work or termite work? Termites. Termites. Okay. Uh, Riga or B&G? Riga. Riga. Do you call it a donger or a tapper? Donger. <laughs> uh, Garrard's Globe or AgServe? Garrard's. Garrard's. Okay. Who's the better technician, Trent or Tristan? Tristan. <laughs> Whoever answered first wins. <laughs> Whoever the great faction here wins. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I've been outplayed. I want to keep going with these kind of questions. Anyway, no, no. <laughs> yeah, see if you can start a fight. <laughs> Blonde or brunette? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> I was going to say, I'm going to have to try and remember what Tash is. <laughs> <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, who's better in bed? No, hang on. No, I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and the final question to see whether or not we can remain friends or not. And, and Trent, you better not let, let me down here, mate. You better not let rapid. Do you call it an amphipod mm-hmm. or a lawn prawn? Amphipod. Yeah, got up. I, we, it's probably the first fire and you used to get lots of them in the housing in Sawtell, and I don't remember much from Sawtell except um, we used to have amphipods down the side of the house. So I reckon I was probably four when I learned that word. I never heard born prawn until I was probably 20. So. There you go. 
Right, and Tristan has an answer here. <laughs> nah, I can't disagree. It's got to be Ampipod. Oh, good man. Good man. At least he's, at least he's agreeing on something. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They agreed on a couple. I think it was, it was the best technician. They agreed on that, didn't they? Yeah, me. Oh, we're off the flight. <laughs> yeah. How about I don't come back into the office this afternoon then? <laughs> Uh, all right, guys, I've had a blast. Um, any closing words from uh, Tristan? Uh, no, well, yeah, it's directed at trying to my way back at the office this afternoon. <laughs> yeah, come back in. Yeah, yeah, some work for you today, he, he pretty much yesterday shunned me and goes, oh, um, we're not allowed to be in the same room, so you've got to go somewhere. I said, okay, so I don't, I, I, I don't even get a choice of my office. <laughs> so he, take, he takes priority and precedence over the actual office. Have you actually got an office, Tristan? Yeah, we, we share we, one. We, we share an office Okay. at, at, at the moment, but um, I tend to spend more time in the ute anyway, so uh, I just call the actual – I call my desk my, se- my second office. Yeah. Okay. Uh, any closing words, Trent? No, mate, just thanks for having us. It's been a blast. I love listening to your podcasts. I get a lot, a lot out of them. So thanks, mate. thank you for doing that for the industry. Cool. Uh, and darling? And, yep. I'm not, and I'm not talking to you, Trent. I'm still talking to Nick now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> Can I go home now? It's actually, no, it, it's been great because um, I've enjoyed talking to you boys and especially you, um, I guess, Trent, because you're on the phone to Jay quite a bit. We don't get to talk, really. <laughs> No, that's right. I'll get your phone number. So I can the, one with, <laughs> yeah. the one with the answers. We, we might actually start our own conversation. Or I might actually start yeah. ringing Tristan, actually. And, um, yeah, that's <laughs> right. Okay, who are you talking to, Tristan? <laughs> I'm going to miss our weekly uh, Wednesday afternoon uh, webinars that we've been putting together, Trent. Yeah, I was just looking at the list. I was thinking there was some more we could grab just so we can get it done. Yeah, we will, we'll have to work mm. on that. Um, but no, no, Thank look. You. Listen, truly, guys, I'm um, truly inspired by listening to you guys, just, you know, how young you actually are and what you've actually achieved and um, and just how driven you are and what you've sort of built so far. Um, yeah, no, nah, truly, truly inspirational. I mean, I can imagine, imagine if I was that age, 28, and um, had a business at that point, at that level. We imagine. Imagine. Oh. Imagine. <laughs> cool. Uh, anyway, listeners, I hope you've got um, something from this. Um a few laughs I can gather, um, but yeah. But the main thing is, you know, be truly inspired and uh, by these two guys. But anyhow, I'll catch you all on another episode of Pesty Profiles. You beauty. Ripper. That was, that was quite a long podcast. Yeah, I'm just looking at it. We're 30 minutes plus 45. <laughs> sure. Yeah, Jay likes to, he likes to talk a lot.
I have to drag it on, yeah, I know. I even, there's a few points there where I cut myself off, too, because it's like, going to go for real. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if you two will drop off, Jay and I will keep chatting for the next week. <laughs> <laughs> watch, watch your number, Tristan, I'll, I'll give you a call. <laughs> Actually, I'll, I'll just video call you, seeing they get to video yeah, call each other quite often. <laughs> Make our own webinar thing. Yeah, yeah, Zoom meeting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but, uh, thanks, guys. Thanks for that. No, 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 thank you. Um, it's all good. It was good chatting to you, Tristan. And, um, yeah. Yeah. You'll, yeah. You'll meet him at the conference anyway. Sorry? Yes. You'll meet him at the conference anyway. I was about to say that if you were going to the conference. Yeah, it's on my list to book the ticket to send confirms some stuff with Tristan Brody and. We'll get them booked ASAP. Yeah, that'll be great. Right, cool. cool. Um, Thanks, all right, guys. Um, we'll catch us. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, yeah, Thank you. Bye. See ya. Bye.